Whether you're reading it for the first time or the hundredth, you will always find something new within the words of John's Gospels. While simultaneously being the easiest to read for new believers, the Gospel of John is a beautifully woven masterpiece loaded with deep theological insight that only the closest of Jesus' followers could express. In this book, we'll be exploring themes like light versus darkness, life and death, and what it means to be born again. As stated by John, the purpose of his gospel is to convince the readers that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that if you believe him, you will have eternal life. And join us as we embark on our journey through John's gospel. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. Alrighty. So, we are diving into the 10th chapter of the book of John, episode 14 um, of this series that we're doing. Um, and we are trucking right along. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, we've had some um, good conversations. And you know what? I'm enjoying this journey through John's gospel. I think it's really fun. I think it's uh, really cool to see these new in-depth sites about, um, you know, how John saw things and how things, you know, were through his eyes. Um, but today we're going to talk about a very familiar passage to a lot of people. Um, this is the the Good Shepherd, yeah. when Jesus says that I am the Good Shepherd. And, um, you know, I've heard it taught multiple times about the Good Shepherd. In fact, you even taught about it yes, a couple Sundays back with a different which perspective, was, yeah. which was really, really good. I and mean, if you if you want to go check that out, it's literally titled, titled "I Am the Good Shepherd" um, <laughs> on our I Am series. We're on a new series now, but um, yeah. but yeah, you definitely want to go back and check that out if you haven't. Um, so we're going to kind of be interjecting some of those thoughts as well today, awesome. and kind of awesome. see where the Holy Spirit leads yeah. us. I barely scraped the surface anyway, uh, you know, from preaching it. But when you're teaching it like this gives you a better opening eye of going deeper. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I find amazing is that John was written way after the Gospels was written. Yep. Mark so, was actually the first Gospel written. Yeah, correct. And John was the last. Last. And, you know, therefore he, you know, that's why when he started off in John 1, he had to say, okay, this is, we got to lay the foundation. This is, this is what it is. Yeah. And so he was just kind of solidifying things that were kind of getting wayward. Yeah. So, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, so this, you know, Jesus has been talking about, you know, I am, I am, yeah. you know, um, he's the resurrection and the life. He's, he's all this other stuff. I am, I am the, the water. Mm -hmm. I am the, the food. Yep. <laughs> I'm all that stuff. And now he's talking about, I'm the good, good shepherd. shepherd. Yeah. Um, which, it's kind of astonishing if you think about it because not a lot of people in America understand the the depth of of what what that actually means. Um so for us to do this, I think it's best to actually look at an Old Testament passage. Okay. Um and as we're kind of pulling this up, um we I'm going to actually start reading the first the first 5 um, five verses of John, but we're going to actually look at Ezekiel 34 as well. Ezekiel 34, which actually talks about the good shepherd. And so it's, it's quite a long passage. So I might, um, I might paraphrase some of it yeah. and not read all of it. Cause it's like 35 verses. Cause we have a lot to get to today, but this is, this is really talking about, um, 
yeah, what Jesus is talking about, which is really, really cool. So I'm going to read it to begin with, and it says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, that he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door mm. is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. This is a figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to read a little yeah. bit further, verse yeah. 7, so that we get the full context here. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Okay, pause. So Jesus is saying that he is not just the shepherd, mm -hmm. but he is the door, which we're going to talk about that in a minute. And a key. And a key. A key holder. Yeah. And so we're going to actually talk about that in a minute. But um, Ezekiel 34, Jesus is actually relating himself to the figure of Ezekiel 34. And and I'm just going to read maybe the first 11 verses okay. and then summarize the rest of them. It yeah. says this, The words of the Lord came to me, me, who being Ezekiel, um, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Mm. So he's talking about the, the religious system yeah. at the time. Those who are leading the God's yeah. flock. This is during the Maccabean era, which the Catholic Bible actually has the book of Maccabees in it, which is just a war. Mm -hmm. And during the Maccabees, when you know Israel won, that's when they reinstated the tabernacle, and then they dedicated it as the Feast of Lights, which is actually what is in verse 22. It says that this is the Feast of Lights, which is we know as Hanukkah. Right. So this is this is during that time period as well. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Um, prophesy against them and say, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord, O shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, <laughs> should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat you clothe yourself with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with the force of harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd." And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none of them to search or seek them. Verse 7. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the words of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd... And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and not, have not fed the sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Verse 10, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at the hand, at their hand to put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. And so 
is he's talking he he's talking to the shepherds the shepherds being the people the leaders right. religious leaders of Israel because at that time they had opened up the temple to all this nonsense you know he, they they were eating the fat of 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 the sacrifices which is true we see that with Phineas um and and his brother in the book of first Samuel mm-hmm. um you, you know they 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 opened the door to temple prostitution where where the priests would um go in with a prostitute and pay them to do and things. think it's okay and think it's okay under God's house God they would rule. steal money you know they would steal the provisions um from from the people require all these temple taxes and all this other uh, stuff. This is what we call robbers, you know, relating to the message. Yeah. I mean, Jesus said, yeah. you know, those who do not go through yep. the right door, they are thieves and robbers. Yeah, and the right door is, you know, that's one of the reasons why, in the, you know, when Jesus meets Peter on the short lines and he three times, because he denied him three times, yep. by the, there's two types of fire, but, but by the heat of fire of the trial... Peter denies him, but the but but that the fire of igniting a re a mm. repassionate force in Peter, he asks him, "Do you love me? Then feed my sheep." Mm. And so and so this is where shepherds and not look. You don't have to be a pastor to be a shepherd. You right. are you who are listening. You there are people that you are influencing, mm. your family, your yep. children, your grandchildren. You know. Um, People on your job, uh, your day-to-day communal service that you're interacting with, you are shepherding people. Yeah. And so, how how dare we, as God's people who are shepherding other people, mm. take for ourselves and not think of others? Yep. You know, prefer your brother over yourself. Mm. You know, and, and so we rob God's people. Yeah. We rob people from experiencing God because we have a wrong outlook on it. I mean, just like you talked about. Um, a couple Sundays ago, the difference between sheep and goat. Because yeah. later in I- Ezekiel 34, I want people want to say Isaiah for some reason, mm-hmm. but it's Ezekiel 34. Yeah, yeah. Um, he talks about you know the sheep who only eat for themselves and mm-hmm. don't look out for other sheep. You know those are the goats. He actually says that later. <coughs> Excuse me. And you talked um, about the shepherd, right? Yeah. But you also talked about the difference between sheep and, and goats. goats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, goats look after themselves. Goats, um, they they prefer their own over loving the sheep. You know, and so they take the provisions of the sheep. And and God also has fault against those as well. Later in Ezekiel thirty four, and if if you want to pause the podcast and actually go read it, Ezekiel thirty four, it's it's really really good. But in the end, God God promises to come down and actually be the shepherd for His people once again. And and now this is what Jesus is referring to in in chapter ten here. He, He's saying that I am the fulfillment of that prophecy right. from Ezekiel. I am God, and I have come down to be the shepherd for my people. And I want you to notice, you know, um, that the 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 false shepherds at the time, the yeah. bad shepherds, you know, it says that that they were not healing the those who were broken. Right. But what do we see Jesus doing? We see him healing and 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 binding wounds that have been broken for decades. We see. Um, them not providing food, but what does Jesus do twice? He provides yeah. food, fish, and manna for the people around him. And so he's literally, without saying it even in, before, he's fulfilling the role of the good shepherd. Well, you know, what they seem to be doing, I feel, in the perception that I'm taking, what the, these passages that we've been reading, we've been studying on, that Jesus is trying to point to the church 
that you've been following the wrong shepherd. Uh-huh. Even though God introduced the Mosaic law, I mean, a lot of those laws, I mean, even Jesus didn't say, these are my father's law. He said, yeah. this is the Mosaic law. This is the Mosaic, yeah. So so These's that means the, yeah. the impressions that Moses received conferring to God is is now at a point where it's more Moses inflecting the 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 rules. Uh, he feels to honor God because that's what man does. Man injects rules. Mm-hmm. Like like there are parts of the Bible where you know later translations add things to it right. where it doesn't even say right. You know so and so that this is and so so now Jesus is saying. You you want the real shepherd? You see, you, you you know how people glorify. Like when I was younger, I glorified where I grew up. Right. Okay. Until I moved back where I grew up, <laughs> and I realized, well, what's the big deal of all this? Why did I, why did I make this a big deal? But in reality, you know, we glorify. We glorify people, memories, yeah, experiences, and yeah. you know. But in reality, this this is what's happening. The, the people are glorifying rules that God's trying to set straight. Yeah. And of course, we know just the Son of God, flesh. God became flesh, right. comes down to earth to set man straight. Right. And so, th- so He's saying, "You got to hear this shepherd. This is the real shepherd. You're you're taking what laws man created, and you're even you're perverting them even more." Yeah. By doing your own thing, that's true, and you're fall and you're leading a whole congregation astray, like they're jumping off a cliff. You're leading yeah. them off of a cliff. Yep, basically. Yeah, and so being the shepherd, the sheep <sighs> hear the voice of the shepherd. He's calling them to come, and that's why there's always a gathering everywhere he goes. But notice, there's also sheep that's still in the pen that mm. don't hear the voice. Yeah, that's that's the, the people wayward. at the time mm-hmm. where um, the Pharisees, you know. The Pharisees saw Jesus's miracles. They heard his preaching and yeah. teaching, but they didn't see or hear that he was who he says he was. And so that shows that they are under the rule of a, a false shepherd, which he said in chapter seven, that you are of your father, the devil. Right. Which we know that, you know, we can infer that that's the shepherd that they've been following this whole time. And and think think about what does the enemy come to do? It says in this verse actually, verse ten, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. Which is talking about these false shepherds. It's talking about these people who are listening to the false shepherd who come to steal, kill, and destroy. Even Jeremiah prophesied it in 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 Jeremiah five. There's proclaiming judgment, God's judgment. He says that he calls them foolish and senseless people. You have eyes but do not see, and ears yeah. but do not hear. Yep. And this is where we're at. Yeah. We, we we see but don't see, and hear but don't hear. The, you know, even the disciples had truth in front of them and didn't realize a lot of the truth that was there. Yeah. I mean, even until Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, right? They didn't. I don't want to say they didn't believe he was coming back, but they had doubts that he was coming back to life. You know what I'm saying? Well, because Even though he had it, told them. Right. It defies reality. Right. And so when, you know, I pray God lead us to, for us to really examine the righteousness of God. Yeah. I mean, you and I have been kind of diving into it personally, yeah. but I think I'm praying that the Holy Spirit lead us because I believe at this point, once they fully know who they are, yeah. they didn't know who they were. They had, had no understanding of that whole concept, what God, what Jesus was trying to yeah. impart into them, but yet until the resurrection, until He literally walked through the door mm-hmm. that was closed and locked, because yeah. they were afraid, 
and he walks through the door and says, peace. I mean, don't be afraid, you know? Yeah. And so, so, you know, therefore, you know, they had no understanding that they, what, who they were. I mean, think when Jesus was killed, what do they do? They scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Shepherd, correct. You know, and, um, you know, this is just imagery about that Jesus was the shepherd. Absolutely. And he, he, he loved them so much to lay down his life, which he actually talks about here in a minute. He, he became the lamb to the slaughter. Yeah. Which is, which is a good place to actually start pick up and back yeah. reading. So I'm going to go back a little yeah, bit yeah, to yeah. go forward. Yeah, so yeah. verse 7. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you that I am the door of the sheep. Wait a second. Didn't he just say he's the shepherd? Mm-hmm. I want to point something out. So... It's a really interesting fact. Um, when shepherds were out and about, um, at nighttime, they would herd their sheep into this yeah. enclosed yeah. area. Typically, like mm-hmm. um, it would be enclosed uh, up against a mountain so they can't escape. Right. They would either use like thistles as doors, or they would actually use themselves Correct. as a door. The gateway. So the mm-hmm. shepherd actually became the door to protect the sheep from anything to come in or come out. Right. And so he's saying that, you know, to us, well, he just said he's a shepherd. Now he's saying he's a door. What does that mean? To to the Jewish audience, they realize, wait, that's a good shepherd to actually put themselves at the door yeah. to protect the sheep from any harm. I remember studying that. In fact, it's a type and shadow of a shepherd laying his life down for the sheep because he's the first one that comes in contact with the wolves or anything that's coming yeah. towards the sheep. Yeah. The shepherd deals with it because he's laid down his life right there. He is the door and he's laid down his life yeah. for his sheep. Yep. So he's a symbolic shadow of yeah. Christ. Which is, it's really, really cool to, to think about it like that. And, then, and until I st- study this, I I didn't recognize or realize that. <laughs> you don't realize it until you really until focus. Until you really focus in yeah. on it. It's like, okay, that actually makes sense to yeah. why he's jumping from shepherd and door back to shepherd and door. Which means, you know, that's why he became the shepherd the is the door. Yeah. <laughs> the shepherd is the door. Yeah. And he, he loved his sheep so much to lay down his life. And think about what shepherds do. Um, good shepherds, they they know, mm-hmm. you know, they know how to feed their sheep. They know where the green pastures yeah. are and the and the still waters are. But they also know when to step in the way of danger. Yeah, because they they have a staff. The, the the staff, the shepherd's staff, actually not only helps rescue sheep and pull them out of the way, but it also protects against the sheep. By yeah. they use it as a weapon almost. And so, uh, a bad shepherd would. I mean, we read in Ezekiel, they would kill the weakest one. Yeah, of course. So they would take the weakest one and throw it to, to the lion sacrifice or the bear. Sacrifice the weak one. Sacrifice the weak one for the sake of the rest. Or or they would just forsake the the flock and run away. Right. But a good shepherd knew how to fight. Right. And they knew how to protect their flock. Look at look at David. We've I was going to say yeah, that. <laughs> we've seen David yeah. come up against lions and bears um, to protect the flock. Until later... Until later, facing Goliath and the brothers and his brothers to protect the flock of Israel as a whole. Correct. And so to then lead as a shepherd, as a king. Yeah. Into the the, the prosperous, bringing God's glory back to Israel and and making Israel prosper once again, like uh, um, the season in the desert, because sheep lived in the desert in that time but there was a short season of about three months where it was like it's called the raining season where the desert actually became prosperous and mm-hmm. and it became to bloom and grass began to grow and then and waters became to flow from the desert right. and so um he being david led them into this prosperous territory where you know he was he was 
expanding the borders, but also bringing in wealth into the storehouse, which was making Israel prosperous and all that other stuff. But we see that with Jesus as well. You know, um, everybody up until the point where Jesus comes on the scene, they were all scattered in the desert. Right. Right. A sheep without a shepherd. But you see him going to Samaria mm-hmm. to rescue the one sheep that was that was lost. And what did she do? She went out and, and, and told the rest of them who Jesus was. You see him going um, out of his way to, to reach and touch people because he saw where his sheep were and he went out to pull them in. And from his death, you know, on the cross came life and, and life sprung forth. Right. And so we, we see this beautiful imagery of, of Jesus being the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. And, and he knows where to take them to, to give them food. He knows where to go. Um, but most importantly, you know, he he lays down his, his own life in order that the sheep might live, which is a beautiful picture in my mind. Well, I mean, even then when we become, when you know, Every, you know, we were raised on the sinner's prayer, but in oh, reality, yeah. Jesus just said, you believe. Yeah. All you got to do is believe. Yeah. And so even in that belief, you know, per se, you're, t- you're now dealing with um, um, becoming a part of adoption in Christ. Yeah. You, we, are, we are sons and daughters of, 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 of God. Yeah. And so because we are sons and daughters, now we are in a bigger fold. Absolutely, and, you, and, and it's Jesus, a global fold. It's not just to Israel now; right. it's to the world. To the world, the Jews, Greeks, you know, yep. all this Gentiles. So, so then, you know, Jesus tells us the only way you're going to get to the great shepherd is through me. The only way that you're going to get to the flock, yeah, is yeah. You got to. I am the door. Yeah, I am your shepherd, but I am also the door for you to come into the flock, yeah. the fold. Yeah. And so this this is beautifully written by John. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. And and like to to really see it as like as Jesus standing guard, almost like a sentry. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he's got his staff standing, yeah. standing guard. guard. Yeah. To not let any attacker come towards us, to not let any false shepherd step in the way. Correct. He's standing guard to protect those who are in the flock. And to keep the sheep in line. Right. So he's there, you know, not only to protect the flock, but to protect the flock from itself. From escaping the, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I mean, therefore you have to make a willing choice. I mean, right. a, a sheep will escape if they really work hard to want to. Yeah, they got to work to do that. Yeah, but, the, but the, you know, the shepherd keeps us in line. And yeah. so, but, you know, the, the thieves and robbers, it's mm. the biggest deal. Yeah, because when you're dealing with a, with a shepherd who's leading a flock, uh, or you know, however, you, you're dealing with those who know who do not have the flock's best interest. Right. Who chooses to make poor decisions? Who chooses to do things they shouldn't be doing? Yeah. And is leading a kind. And this is why sheep must keep their eyes on the real shepherd and not a shepherd, mm. because then, therefore, when a shepherd, which we've seen throughout mm. time, yeah. fall, people fall. They yeah. turn their back on church and on God because of man's Which fall. Which is sad. It's sad. But your eyes are not to be on man. Your eyes on the beat are to be on the great shepherd. Right. Who is your relationship, not your pastor. Yeah. Your pastor doesn't base you on your relationship with God. He's just a voice that God uses, a tool that God uses to help guide you to him. 
But reality, no matter what your shepherd does, whoever's listening and whatever church you're a part of, get your eyes off of man, get your eyes on God. So no matter what happens to the man of mm, God, that's a good point. You're you're not going to fall away from the fold. That's a good point. You're just not going to. Yeah. You're going to follow God because your eyes are, are on, on him. The real shepherd. Yeah. You the know. sheep would know the voice yeah. of the shepherd yep. and follow. And that's what we are to do. Follow the voice of God, not the voice of a shepherd. Uh-huh. The shepherd. But the shepherd. That's exactly right. And and we have to start drawing that distinction. You know, um, you know, what is what is God saying? Yeah. And is my my pastor are they are they following the voice of the shepherd? And that's why you pray for your pastors. And but that's also why you have to do your own research mm-hmm. into what the pastor is saying too. Yeah. And like this is coming from pastors. Yeah. You know, don't just believe everything we say. Go do your research yeah. for yourself. Don't take every word for to heart. You know, listen to it and then go study it on your own. Because yeah. I I know people who are out there that that will listen to every voice of every mm. different so called prophet out there. Yeah, and they and they That's live scary. off of that word. And they and they they're leading them. To the next. Yeah, exactly. And they're leading them mm-hmm. down this. Down this thorny path, yeah. opposed to how God leads us down paths of righteousness. Mm-hmm. So, meaning, uh, and I know this is sort of sort of coded, but I'm but I'm saying is this is this means that there are people out there that don't have your best interest right in mind, and they're out for your they're money, out for your money, they're for out popularity, for, exactly. They're out for a following, they're out for clout, they're out for all these different mm-hmm. things, and. And they this don't is care. their reward, by the way. Right. And when these people get this, this is their reward. Right. And and they don't care. They 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 see sheep as expendable. Mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty of sheep in the flock, and I can always go get more. So they're expendable. It doesn't matter who I hurt and how I hurt them. Right. As long as I get my stepping stone to go to the next thing. And, and which is not the way that God wants things to be. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I've known people who have been led so far astray by voices of people who are not in line with the good shepherd mm-hmm. they're in line with somebody else yeah. who's who's in leagues to to steal kill and destroy, destroy. and, and, and they're like robbing the, people of the true yeah passion of god for their life and i like to point that verse out specifically verse 10 a lot of churches says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what does this say? The thief, thief. comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's so not robber. just the devil, the not thief. just the devil, but the people out there right. who are who are sons of the devil, so to speak. Let me pull that up on the Blue Book Bible. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what the, this breakdown what that thief is. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know this is as a as we are pastors, this is a, a strong strong point of view because. Um, um, God is needing the church to stand. Yeah. And I understand that there are things going on politically, and I'm going there, by the way. There Go are ahead. things going on politically that we are waiting for YouTube or some <laughs> website to show us a prophetic word or what the what God is saying. And, and, and there are some people that are saying stuff that's saying, thus saith the Lord. You need to, you need to watch out which Lord they're hearing from. Because... Now think about this. We need to really take a step back mm-hmm. and think logically. Mm-hmm. You know, God, and I hate to sound very harsh, but God didn't call us to be stupid. Mm. He call, He gave us a brain. He gave us, 
He gave us the, the cognitive ability to think for a reason. The Bible says, test the spirits. Yes. So if someone's out there saying, well, this date and this time, this is going to happen, and it doesn't happen, they say, well, well, God changes his mind. It's going to be this date now, and this date, I know for sure it's going to happen, and that didn't come to pass. Wait a second. Let's start testing their fruits here. Okay, let's start saying their words are not coming to pass. No, it's not. And therefore, it, the Bible says as you've tested them and they prophesy and the words don't come to pass them, then what are they? They are false shepherds and false prophets. So let's go back to the topic of thief. Yeah. And I told you I was going through the Blue Letter Bible. It's free. Anybody can go on. Um, and I'm not, I'm not getting paid for no. this, by the way. This is a free plug. Uh, anything free I do promote. Yeah, and they have a really good interlinear yeah. source there, so definitely check that out. So the, the Blue Letter Bible uh, talks about thief on John 10, 10. Mm. So you can look it up yourself. We want you to. And they, and so listen to the definition of the thief. You, you, know, it, you have heard it taught and preached, the devil's the thief. Yeah. True. But listen. It's a, it's a half-truth it's because a half still truth. a half-truth is a full lie. So, embezzler. Mm. Pillifer. I, I, the name is transferred to false teacher, interesting, who do not care to instruct men, but abuse their confidence for their own gain. That's the true definition of thief. The devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, so are these false teachers. <laughs> exactly. And so what Jesus is talking about is not the devil. No, he's talking about the religious system at the time. Correct. And so, listen, church. When you are focusing your attention on someone who's not giving you truth, mm. shut it off. I mean, I, I know what God's put on my heart, and this is not for everybody. I'm telling you, this is just for me. This is what he's convicted me on, you know, and, and, and so 2020 of November, God kept saying, just shut it all off. Mm. Shut off the media. Shut off the news. It's not that I don't know what's going on. I am aware. I do read headlines. But I do not allow those things to fill up my spirit that kind of guide my thinking and guide my decision making and guide mm. my choices. I choose to let his word become the good news of my life. Mm. And I'm in, I am following the shepherd as he leads me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Mm -hmm. And he influences me. I want to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. I want to be influenced by God's Word. That's the influencer. And so, so we cannot base our foundations. There it is. On false upbringing, false teaching, people who are embezzlers. And I'm not saying money embezzlers. They're embezzling God's God's blessings and God's yeah. anointing and yep. God's out, yep. out, outflow into your life. They're taking it for themselves instead of releasing it into your hands. Our job as pastors is to empower you to live for Christ, yeah. not empower you to get me rich. Right. Or oh, for me to live in comfort let me come, and you struggle. Let me come to your church, and when I come, the revival is going to break out. And if yeah. you pay me this amount of money and raise this much money for me. I was I was watching just a clip, and I do watch clips. And this one speaker was speaking at this function, this youth function. And this young person stood up and asked him, well, how much are you making getting paid to come here to speak? Of course, the person knew and didn't want to say and he got really smart with the guy and says, well, I'll charge you $100,000 just to come speak to your family. How's that? So, so there's people who are out there for money. Those, they're, look, they're getting rich off of the hot item. That's the profits and the peddlers. Yeah. 
profiteering. And, and what the Holy Spirit told me some time ago that he's going to expose the pushers and the peddlers. Mm. that are out there to profiteer, to get rich or get wealth. And that doesn't always mean money, but to get wealth of God's people. And they're still, they're robbing people from truly living for God. That's right. And, and when, when, uh, when any man or woman of God puts himself on a pedestal and tells you you'll never reach or attain my status and, and level of spirituality, run the other way. So... <laughs> I don't know if this is a good analogy or a bad one. Let's see. But um, we have been on a lot of cruises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's this one port that you go to. Yeah. And it's Nassau. Yeah. Uh-huh. When you get off the ship, mm-hmm. you got all these people swarming you. Yeah. Here, buy this Rolex. Buy this. Is, uh, I'll make you a good deal. Ten dollars. Five dollars. Three. You know. I came close by buying a fake Rolex. <laughs> you know, I did. And, <laughs> did you? And it 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 turned my wrist green. So they're not they're not real guys. <laughs> um, but like so like there are these different vendors that like literally come up to you yeah. and swarm you. Of course, those of you who have been to this port probably know exactly, know exactly what I'm talking, what about. talking about. And and so they're like like there's so many voices going on. Of like, course, here buy my product, buy this, and the buy pressure that, buy that, buy that. of the voices of getting the best deal, and then you see people running to it, and you feel um, peer pressure. Yeah. Into uh, exactly, and so that's kind of what I'm picturing the church as right now. When you say the words profiteering and peddling, mm-hmm. I think about those people who um, who who do that. But think about what the current system looks like. It's like if you go buy my book, if you go buy this, then you're going to be blessed. And then yep. you know, there's a special deal. Normally it's twenty dollars, but for you, if you make a donation today, we're going to give it to you for five or something like that. And, and so, here's five steps to how to get a greater anointing from God. If you buy yep. this book for, for low cost of nineteen ninety nine, yep, yep, or give a love you offering of no less than one hundred and fifty dollars, mm. yeah, you buy this water that I've blessed and anointed from the <laughs> from the Israel. Here, buy this shofar. Buy the <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And th- yeah. these are just a, a surface knowledge, but there's a lot of things that are undercurrent Deeper. that you don't see yeah. Yeah. that they use. And and, and this is what the, Jesus is talking about 1010. This is the thief, yeah. the embezzler. They're taking God's blessings. He, well, you know, I was you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was in prison, you visited me. Mm. I was sick and you took care of me. Well, when did we do this to the least of these? Mm. When do we take care of the people around us? And I think that is in a spiritual sense as well. Yes. Did you feed? Are you feeding people right now? He told Peter, "Feed my sheep." Are you freeing people from prison? What's prison? The bondage of sin. Exactly. So, like, it's sickness. It's, it can also be a mental yeah. sickness. Yep. Not just a physical sickness. A well, spiritual what is sickness. what is sin? Sin is a sickness that keeps us away from God. What's known as infirmities. Yeah. And so, and so. When we, as God's people, and not just pre- look, let's let's step down off the mm. platform of preachers. Let's get down to the nitty gritty as a believer. Yeah. If you if you've confessed Jesus as Lord, then you're a child of God. He says to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Doesn't mean you get in their face, throw the Bible up no. their eyes, and say, Look, "Read, read, and, read." And that <laughs> that that really ticks me off. Yeah. You know yeah. those those people who are standing outside abortion clinics. And, and if you and if you're one of those people, I'm really sorry for what I'm about to say. But that's not the love of God. Mm-hmm. That's not what Jesus would do. He wouldn't stand out there with a sign that says you're a baby murderer. Because guess what? 
that person is a child of God too. Right. And the doctors who perform the abortions are just as much of a child of God as you are. Yeah, exactly. And nobody realizes that because the church doesn't teach it because we see evil and good. We don't see everybody as a child of God. And we don't see people who are in evil have hope to turn away from evil. Right. We just classify them as a grouping and, and just they're already too call lost. judgment of God on them and just be done with them because they're not us. Yeah. We are so we've now classified Christianity as elitism. Yep. Which Jesus didn't die for elitism. He died for all men. It's a social social club that you have to pay to get into. That's what it is now. Oh my gosh, I knew a pastor who would meet you when you come to their church to join. They would meet in your office, and they would look at your gross income and tell you how much tithes you should be giving, and then they would check at the end of the year to make sure you're giving. If not, then you have to pay up the rest. That's not That's not right. It's not right. Church, if you got to sit in a minister's office and tell you what you should be giving, then walk away from that church. Run. Run the opposite, because there are some people out there. Yes, they may be making money, but you don't know what debts they have. You don't. You don't know. And but here's the thing: God knows. He. he it's yeah. look. It's really based upon the person's heart on how much they should give. We don't in our church. We don't tell you you need to give ten percent of your gross sanctified income, or you're not going to prosper. And the whole we tithe, don't tell you that. The whole tithe thing started with Abraham and Melchizedek. Yeah, he and honored God. He honored with God with a tenth. He could have honored God with a like one percent, and God would have been happy. Now, if you choose to go into tithe, yeah, there is a covenant with that, right? I mean, but but it's not that you're doing it to get rich or get get blessings. You're doing it to honor God. It's the intentions of the heart. You can give a thousand dollars and not have a good heart. You can give a dollar and still have a good heart, and God will honor that. Just like the woman that only had two mites. See, and I think that's that's where I want to kind of change that language. It's not tithe, but just giving in general. Well, the because when we say I... when we say tithe, we automatically assume a ten percent. Well, what if God wants you to give twenty? But what if what if you're only feasible of giving, giving one one percent? See, we feel... and that's where the church has skewed yes, it. Correct, because we feel. We feel that, and it's about the condition of the heart. Yes, because like like what you're about to go into yes. with the woman with the mites. Yes, um, you know, you see somebody go and give like this buku amount of 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 denarii, right? But this woman gives two mites. Mm -hmm. But the condition of her heart, you know, she gave it with a willing heart. Yeah, and and, and I didn't think we we're going to go into this. Neither did I. But this is where the Holy Spirit's taking. So us. like, those of you who 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 drop a dollar in the offering plate, but you know, it actually means something to you. That is far superior to God than someone who's dropping thousands of dollars and they're like, oh, well, I'm rich, you know, yeah. here's that. It, and th that's my due diligence. And then you have people who give a lot and, and then expect to be owed in return <laughs> something else. Yeah. Meaning buying favors, buying influence, buying. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the wrong concept. Totally when wrong. When you're giving, you give and you let it go. So, so you know. Wow, how many pastors talk about this? <laughs> I know, I get you. But see, God delivered me from this, and it took COVID to do this. Yeah. When when we were told, oh, you can't take pass an offer plate, just put giving boxes, and I, you know, God said this is how it should be. Mm. That's what He's kind of taught. He was talking to me about this is how it should be. 
This offering plate is peer pressuring people to assume if you're not going to give, then you're not a part of the church. But and subconsciously, what do people do when they pass the plate? They look and look down the line and see who gives. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the Bible talks about don't let your left hand know. Which, I mean, I'm sure I'm using that out of context. Right, I'm sure right, of obviously. it. Obviously, not to you know, it's nobody's business. And the Bible talks about that you should know already in your heart what you're supposed to come to give. Right. And so, and so, and the, we're, it's all tying in with thieves. Yeah, that's really we're really because that's why because we got jumped on this because people out there, you know, and I I know that when I was in college, I was really pressured. Oh, during well, I this was one too. season. Um, yeah, I think it was resurrection yeah. seed offering. Yeah, was like you know they actually and come to find out, it wasn't it wasn't even the 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 pastor that was doing it. It was the he instructed. Somebody along the way instructed our RDs, which uh, is our, our, our district, uh, our, you know, the people who are over us within our dorms, right. like our RDs. Um, they were actually having a competition between the boys' girl dorm and the girls' dorm yeah, to, to, God get, to get to see who gets the most money in each quadrant. So the person that I was under told everybody that... I was about to say name. Don't say don't say <laughs> I'm names. not gonna say name. I, don't I, say I, names. It almost slipped out. But they they said Pastor so and so, um, you know, is requiring everybody to give a resurrection seat of seventy seven dollars. And it's like, dude, I'm a college that's student. That's my groceries. I don't. <laughs> that's my. I don't flip and have that money. <laughs> I didn't give it. I got yeah. in trouble, but I didn't. I didn't give it. What are they gonna do? Kick you? And out? then and then my <laughs> wife later tells me, oh yeah, they were having a competition between the boys' dorms and the girls' dorms to see who raises the most money. It's like, what These the flip, dude? <laughs> and see, but that—that's how. That, and I'm—I don't mean to sound this harsh, but that's how the church has skewed it. Has skewed it, and I—and and I think the that they church. can pay their way into. You, yes. Yeah. It's and that's not the church. That's the church. That's the Western church. And yeah. and God wants the church to become the church, and yeah. not the the church that I've got five thousand members in my congregation. No. I'm drawing in this much money in my tithes and offerings. No. The church is truly about seeing God's glory be released on this earth. Mm. How do we become vessels that obey the Spirit of the Lord? Obedience is better than your sacrifice. God told Samuel to tell tell Saul, obedience is... Our obedience to God far outweighs to anything else than whatever your sacrifice that you're giving. I got to fast in order to get closer to God. Rongo. Wrong. Your fasting has nothing to do with changing God's mind or getting close to God. How much time that you pay has no correlation with how close you're. Listen. How many and, times you come to church. And this one Uh-oh. minister literally said this. And, and it's like, what you do does not equate to how God sees you because the day you said yes to him is the same way that he sees you the day that you die Correct. and you've done everything right. Or you could do everything you wrong. You could do everything wrong and, and he, he still sees still you the sees same you the way. Same. Exactly. And see what, and, and we're, we're jumping on this because yeah. the Holy Spirit's leading us, yeah. but this is really basically people don't see themselves as righteous. Because you, the church has taught us this dogmatic formula of You like, have to work towards righteousness. Yeah. You have to work, you have to do this and this in order to be holy. But it's well, not about 
when my I, works. When I grow up, you couldn't you, being holy represented you couldn't women couldn't cut their hair or wear makeup. Men couldn't wear shorts or short sleeve shirts. You know, you couldn't go swimming in a swimming pool. No tattoos. No, no tattoos. No piercings. No nothing. You you're you couldn't adorn yourself in any shape, way, form, or fashion. Yeah. You have to look very plain and, and not like the world. We're not going to be like the world, so this is how we're going to do it. Mm. Well, yeah, you look like a freak. <laughs> I felt like a freak. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, listen, think about it. When I was a young kid, I, I couldn't say I was going to the beach. I was saying I was going to the ocean. They're the same thing. Why? It's The beach is where centers go, but the ocean is where you go visit. I have never heard that in and my life. And think about, imagine me as a child, and I couldn't wear shorts that normal people wear. Either I wore jeans, pants, or to swimming. Well, listen, I couldn't go. I couldn't go swimming. I wasn't allowed to go mixed bathing swimming. And then my shorts kind of went a little bit above my ankles, below my knee, and between that section. So I really couldn't wear shorts technically. That's so like how, capris. They were like capris. Yeah, if you want to think of it as that. What? Or I rolled up my pants to that nature. And and so here's here's the thing, that is a religious sacrifice. That had nothing to do with how holy I was. That God literally didn't even ask. No. <laughs> and so we we put ourselves thinking that we're becoming holy in a position that God's never required of you. And then what happens is you step out of line one time. Mm. Then in my mind, as a young boy, I thought I have I, I got kicked out out of line. Go, now I go back to square one. Square and work one my way and start back all over again. No. Like a pyramid scheme. So that's to not. Speak. That's not. That's not the way it is. No. When you receive Christ, it's a matter of changing your mind. Yep. You know, I mean, look stop at the, sinning. Look at the mind. parable with the workers in the field. Right. The one had been working all day, but the other one had only been working for like maybe an hour or so. Right. But they both got the same reward Why? in the end. Think about it. Why? Because it doesn't matter how long you worked. Correct. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Exactly. You get the same reward. And what is our reward? To be with Jesus forever. That's the reward. And so so this is this is why I feel the Holy Spirit's really drawn towards us this part, because when you're dealing with the good shepherd, his lead, his guidance, you have to let go of things that are robbing you. We allow people to rob us too, believe it or not. Right. We allow we give people power over us with our mind and our heart to guide us in a place that God's not asked us to go. Yeah. And so we have to learn to unhinge from those moments to take on the voice and the will of the Father, to follow the great, the good shepherd. Right. The, the I am that I am. Yeah. To know the voice of God. Yeah. And to hear him. And, and uh, go there. Go ahead. Go there. So, like, why do people want to go to heaven in general? Right. Well, you know, I want to go to heaven, and so that way I don't burn forever. So I can sit on a cloud, and so I can have my own <laughs> mansion. mansion. Come on, in the sky. Does it say that? Does it say that in the Bible? It says mansone, mansone. He said, "Well, he said, I, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you." He said there will be many mansions, which is a terrible to- translation. Yes. Which is in John chapter fourteen, verse two. Which we're going to be heading that in later. Yeah. Yep, but we're going to hit it now because this yeah. is where the Holy Spirit kind of directed us. So the King James Version, in verse 2, it says this, In my Father's house there will be many mansions. Mm-hmm. But what does the Blue Letter Bible say? Listen, it, the actual word is monet, and it means uh, a staying, abiding, dwelling abode to make one's abode 
metaphor of God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling. Mm. So the, the place that he's prepared is where the Holy Spirit dwells. Yeah. And that's where we spend time with the Father. So we're not look as King James says, there's not a mansion. No. They even sing hymns about a mansion. A mansion in the sky. Yeah. W- really, what he's talking about, Jesus is addressing. There's a place for us in his presence. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm. So this is the secret places where we come and wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount mm. up with wings of the eagle, and they shall run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. So this is the moment where we come and intertwine with the Father. This is where the sheep hear the voice. Not a mansion where it's decorated with every, with all of your favorite things. I got things. my mansion in got the Got my sky. mansion, and I like guitars, so there's going to be guitars to, from the— Moving on up yeah. to yeah. the east side. And so it's like, <laughs> it's like, man, are you doing it? Are you— are you wanting to go to heaven to be with Christ? Just to be in the mansion? Or are you wanting to do it <laughs> with a man? To, you know what I'm saying? What, so so the place that Jesus has prepared for us, and this is where the Holy Spirit's leading us. Yeah. We have to dismantle religiosity thinking. But this is what this is what these false, false teachers, teachers have taught us over these decades. Yes. That, you know, well, it's okay, it's okay to live in this sort of manner now, you know, where you're in poverty. Because when you get to heaven, there's going to be a mansion for you, and it's going to be False. however many stories high. False. But here, give me money. Right. But buy your, buy, buy your way into heaven if you plant a seed. Mm. You know? God's telling me to give someone to give their whole paycheck. Mm. Well, I heard that in a time Which I past. think you've done that, haven't you? Yeah, I fell for that. I, I, I went to it. I did. I did. Well, you're young and dumb. You fall for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I was in a re- re- meeting just across the state line up here a long t- while back ago, and I was seeing an evangelist uh, friend of mine, which I don't know if I want to call him friend now, but uh, pointed me out in front of the whole congregation and said, Brother, Brother Powell, aren't you going to plant $100? Because he wanted 10 people to give $100 to plant a seed into what God's getting ready to do. And he wouldn't give a word of the Lord over you until you gave. Well, first of all, I know what God's saying to oh me. My I hear gosh. his voice. I don't need to give a hundred dollars. That's like a fortune teller. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, let me read my crystal Holy Spirit. <laughs> but you know, here, but this is what's going on. You know, I need 10 people to give a hundred dollars and then you you stand I mean, in line and I'll pray with you and give a word of the Lord over your life. That's right. <laughs> And I said first, and when he pointed me out, he said, um, "He said, brother Powell, don't you have a hundred dollars?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Well, you need to come up and get online and give. You should never come to church and not have money to give." I said, "I have money to give, but I'm not giving you a hundred dollars." You said that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Wow. I, he said, "What's wrong? Your wife taking your taking your money?" I said, "No, I'm just keeping mine." Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is a conversation I had in church from I, the pulpit. Yeah. Oh my During Lord. altar time. Oh my lord. Why should I? Give because you told me so. And that, of course they said, well, you got to obey the man of God. No, I'm going to obey the voice of the Lord. Man is just man. Yeah. God is God. Well, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Robber. False teacher. I mean, think about it. It's like, I need I need uh, 20 people to give me $100. Well, that's $2,000. Yeah. Well, think about what, what your your dorm oh my person. How many? There's 200, there's 200 um, people that live in that dorm. And okay. each of them gives seventy some bucks. Each one gives seventy seven dollars. Just calculate that real quick. That's quite. I'm not a mathematician. Yeah, Sorry, guys. Neither am I. So but just, we're trying to tell you something. Two hundred times seventy seven. Uh, Fifteen thousand four hundred dollars. Come on, dude. I'm already paying tuition. 
books. Books. Food. Food. <laughs> and you want 15000 more dollars on top of that. Yeah, no, I'm good. And so it's like, man. So just in the dorms alone, you're already going to make over you know, $30,000. That's just from the boys' dorm. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just oh, saying. Oh, both together. Both yeah. together would have been $30,000. Yeah. That's not including staff. And that's not including the church, actual resurrection seed that they got online and in person, which was probably a couple yeah. million, yeah, they to be honest. Probably right in a couple million. And so that's that's the pushing and the peddling yeah. of the gospel of Christ. But you know what? To be a voice, you got to be willing to get out there, get dirty, and just call it out what it is. And, and, and I know God's raising us. And this is one of the primary reasons why we're doing podcasting, yeah. because we, we want to put out God's voice, not talk about preachers or ministries. That's not what this is about. No, but calling out the, the crud. Yeah. That's, it's we're sweep we're sweeping up doo doo. <laughs> we are. Yeah. This is this is the mess that's being thrown. But that's at been the, left God's people. It's been left by past generations. And no one's dealing and with no it. No one's dealt with it. And then when they do deal with it, they do it wrong. Yeah. And they're demeaning people of God in churches yeah. and ministries. And that's not what God's about. No. No. We're not here to demeanor. You no shouldn't one. do that. I mean we the the goal is to call out the 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 wrongness of it. That's a word. Yeah, um, I get you. And 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 show people that the shepherd is good. You know, the shepherd he is the good. Sh- he's a good shepherd. Yes, he is. He's not gonna steal your money or lead you into death or destruction. He wants. To rescue you. He wants to provide for you. Well, he says this, and I don't know, we probably may not finish this chapter today, but yeah, probably verse not. 11 says, he says, I am. See, that steers all the way from when Moses experienced God, I am. Yeah. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Mm. A real shepherd will, will give without thought. A good parent gives to their children without thought. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll make sure their children have. Jesus what they even need. said, you know, if your child asks for bread, will you give him a rock? If he asks for fish, will you give him a snake? You know, right? And so, yeah. And this is not this is not a bashing session. This is really where we, as God's people, have to wake up and hear the good shepherd, the voice of God, and yeah. for us. You don't need to give $100 to get a word of the Lord. You don't need to plant a seed of $1,000 just so that you be prosperous for the rest of the year. Check this out. You don't need to pay for my sermon series because mm-hmm. it's for free online. It's free. You can get on any part of our sermons online and download it for free. There's no charge there. Why? Because we want the gospel spread. Yeah. It's not about, you know, how many people watch this time. We, you know, we don't really pay attention to that because... If you watch it, you watch it. If you don't, you don't. There's no big deal on it. But we just, our goal is to spread the gospel and do it as freely as he's enabled us to do it. We take on that cost to get it out there so that you can spread the gospel. That's what this podcast is about. It's about you can hear, learn, and share. Yeah, absolutely. And home to home, house to house, car to car, headphone to headphone. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's really what it's about. And like the, the, the problem is... It's like, you know, we have gone so far off course yeah. because of these these thoughts that have been turned into doctrines. And a lot of it came from ignorance, by the way. Yeah. I mean, when these things came up, 
there there because this was a, a time there's and I don't want to call it small time, but there was a simple time. Now now let's let's take this into consideration as well. You know, during that holiness movement where it's yeah. like don't cut your hair, don't do any of this stuff. It was you simplicity. Know, was God maybe telling the person who started that to do that for themselves? That's a high possibility. But then they turn it into a law. Well, maybe the person that felt that wasn't trying to make it a doctrine, but the people. But other need, people turned it into a doctrine. Well, because they got to know what progress is. Mm, you know, getting back to that point. thought. This is my. You know, this is how I can. You know, measure my progression of Christianity. If this person can obtain holiness because they're doing great and mighty things, maybe if I did the same thing, or maybe if a group of people did the same thing, we can spread holiness and the move of God like no other. It might have started innocent. Yeah, that's true. Even Moses' laws may have started in an innocent manner until— And then it turned into kill this person kill that person. Yeah, and people were stoning people in the name of God, killing people in the name of God. Saul, who was later Paul, was a headliner of it. Yeah, that's true. That was his profession. Wow, that's a good point. That is true. Ba- killing people over the Mosaic Law, and then Jesus said, come stop. Stop it. Stop yeah. it right now. Yeah, love people, love God, period. Wow, that's a really good point. You know, um, not a lot of people really consider that. I mean, he was basing his whole persecution off of the Mosaic Law. That was his foundation. Anything against his foundation, but Jesus, his but Jesus comes and tries to change things. So he was correcting what man got wrong. Right. Moses was a man. Might have had the right intentions. Yeah. Hit the laws that he received. I mean, God gave. I mean, 10 God, commandments, obviously, but God Moses, gave him the commandments. Well, yeah, God influenced him for his congregation. But did God really tell him to stone people for it? No, I don't think that was a part of that. Or was it his own mentality? Because the Egyptian, he was born and raised in Egyptian culture, and you have to understand though, during Moses' times, they fought wars. Yeah, and God demanded things from His people in order to go into war. Right now, God did order you know certain cities to be destroyed right. and certain kings to be killed. Right, because, right. Well, for a reason. Right, you know, but you know, I don't, I don't know if God would really have told Moses to stone anybody that does this wrong or that wrong because look at what Jesus did with the woman caught in adultery. She was caught in adultery, but he says, don't, you know, those who are without sin cast the first stone. Right. And and this is not about casting stones. This is truly about being a sheep for the shepherd. Wow. Not a shepherd, the, the good shepherd. shepherd. Yeah. God. You know, we, we, we're, this, we're here for the Lord. Our existence is not upholding a law. Our existence is upholding our relationship. Wow. Following the heart of the Father. And, and and John's all about the heart of the Father. Right. Really. That's what he's about. He you know, he was the one that leaned into the chest of Christ when he talked about who was the one's going to betray you. Right. You know, he learned he was the one on the Isle of Patmos after being boiled alive and he still survived and, and God gave him a revelation of revelation. And so at some point, where does our heart really go after the Lord? Not after men, not after people's approval, social liking, uh, you know, uh, how many people we can get to give us out of boys or share. Likes on Facebook. Yeah, it's really not about all that. I'm sorry. Mm. But it's truly about 
how how far can we go with God? And it's not about the mansion on the hill. No. It's about hiding away in the secret places of the Lord. Yeah. And hearing him. And and think would you be happy with just a little cutout, a little shack, mm. a little a little hole in the wall mm. just to be with God for eternity? This has been a good podcast. I don't, I don't. I hope no one just stopped listening. But this has been a good one. This has been. These are very thought-provoking questions, yeah. you know. And there are so many false teachings out there about, you know, what it's like in well, in heaven. Well, how do we know that? Have you ever been to heaven and come back? Because the people that said they were into heaven, the wrote books about it, actually came out later saying that they really lied about it. <laughs> so it's like. What did they do? They lied and they sold a story. Pushers and peddlers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Jesus talks more about the kingdom mm-hmm. than he does about heaven. Yeah. He talks more about the kingdom than he does about hell. Yeah. So what if what we believed all along is wrong? Mm. You know, what if what if the ultimate goal of Jesus was to recreate a new heaven and a new earth as one? Yeah. You know, and we never really think about that because we always think, well, God's going to destroy everything, mm. which is, you know, why would, why, why would he? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but this, like, like you said, I think this podcast has been a, a really eye opening thought provoking podcast, um, kind of allowing us to hear the voice of the shepherd rather than the voice of the thief. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a really good place to cut off because we've talked a lot about the thief. Yeah. But I think next time we're going to talk about the good shepherd. The best part. We saved the best for, for the next podcast. Yes. Um, kind of not what we had planned originally, but, you know, this is where God led us. And so we're just going to continue following the leading of the Holy Spirit because he is the shepherd and he will guide us Amen. down the right paths. But just if this sounded bashing or condemning, just stop this podcast and just really think to yourself. Really analyze, you know, what voices you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Really stop and just, you know, think logically about, you know, different beliefs and different things that the church has taught you. That's what we've been doing for the past couple of years. And and God has really opened our eyes to new things, things that actually give life and not lead to death. Amen. But, um, yeah, the voice of the shepherd, we have to open up our ears to hear that. And we have to tune out the voice of the thief. And that only comes at the cost of recognizing whose voice is whose. We want to thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Um, Those of you who enjoy the podcast, uh, share it. You know, let's get the word out there. Um, If you like what you heard from us today, check us out on Facebook, Mount Calvary Church of God. Um, Also, we have our own Mount Calvary Church of God podcast, which is where we post sermons. Check out our app, Mount Calvary COG, or is it Church of God? One of those two things. Check us out on the App Store, Roku, Apple TV, any place that you get your apps. But um, we want to thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.